0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, it's wonderful to be with you brothers. It's great to pray with brothers. It's also wonderful that we join together and really try to understand our faith and our lives and our mission in this world. And we've been given a mission. Your first mission is to be a son. That's your first mission. And it's physically true. We were all sons before we became fathers or before we became men. We were all in need of a father. And I think you might know where I'm going with this. And the father is present and the father wants to make you his son. That's why Jesus did not come as a father, he came as a brother. And this is why when Jesus said to Mary Magdalene when he first appeared to her, I'm going to my father and your father. The fatherhood of God to Jesus is slightly different. It's not more, it's more than slightly. But there is an intimacy there. And there's a wonder there as well. That Jesus came to make me a son, an heir. Not like a child, a boy, that I can't take on responsibility, but a man. Again. A son. I like to make fun of Father Pierre, by the way. I just saw that he went into confession, so I'm taking this opportunity. The only good thing that... I'm just joking. The only good thing that I learned from him... He used, you know, before I shipped him off to Iraq and just say, get away from here. <laughs> the coolest thing that he used to have was a sticker on a card. He got rid of the card, but I liked the sticker. And the sticker said, real men love Jesus. I'm like, the only real men sign that I've ever seen before is real men like quiche. I'm like, I like quiche. I love Jesus. And that's the beauty. And that's the beauty what brings us together. And that's the beauty of Jesus. You know, we could live our lives trying to figure out what the world wants us to be. Now, I, I'm, I'm old enough to remember things that, for those who are my age, I'm sorry, but I'm going to bring up some lame memories. Uh, anybody remember what a metrosexual is? What is a metrosexual? Is a man who is not afraid to be in touch with his his feminine side. Okay. And we became so feminized that there was the man show. Anybody remember the man show? All, that would become all women carrying your, you know, your wife's bag. What are you? So you've got on one end, you've got this thing that wants you to be feminine and women. And you've got down the opposite side, you got, no, you gotta be macho. You know, you got it. my time was karate, now it's jujitsu, now it's whatever it is that they want us to be. You know, if I don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm not a man. Um, and a real man is one who. Put all that garbage to the side. Let's go to the source. What's the source? So who God created you to be. Number one, uh, I remember from mind one day I had this weird saying, God don't make no junk. It literally was written that way with the rulers. pronouns in English language. I mean, it's been, I mean, anyways, English language has gone down so far. Anyway, and it was the left saying, but I like to say. God didn't make you as junk. God made you in his image. As a man, in his image. And if you were a woman, then as a woman in his image, he didn't create you to be something else. He didn't create you to go, oops, wrong body, messed up again. And all of a sudden, now there's pressure, especially on men. What's the pressure that's on us? it's fear of being rejected and now also fear that if you don't follow then you've been the abuser then you've been the horrible man that you, you know, and everything came as a result of men that's the fear that's the game that's being played that's the enemy but let's take the opposite side well, if you don't watch pornography if you don't so salivate over women if you don't run after them, if you don't have hit marks. And especially you see this in colleges where, you know, the number of women that you score based on the kind of scoring system that they have in some colleges. If you don't do that, you Take Jesus, greatest sign of what it means to be is to be a man. If you notice the gospel, he's giving all glory to the Father, and he's in connection with the Father. and get drunk or not, there's still sin, and then there's still also grace on both sides of the argument. You want to be a man? No Jesus. Here's Jesus. I'm going to highlight a few of his words in today's gospel. First, Father. How many times has he used the word Father because he knows he's a son and he's taking that responsibility very serious and in his sonship he's led us like a father and that's important father the hour is come i glorified you myself and this is where we try to get into this fake notion of okay i got to build myself up it's almost like i got to pump myself up got to do any of that Be genuine. Be yourself. Be the person that God created you to be. And that's important. Don't glorify yourself. But glorify the God who gave you this gift. And then Jesus says, I glorified you and there will come a time when the Son, when the Father is going to glorify you. And that's what Jesus says. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory which I had with you before the world was made. I want to take this slightly a little different. Before God created you, He had your mind here. Here's an artist, Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci was famous for painting the Sistine Chapel. I'm sorry, no, not Leonardo. Uh, Michelangelo, wrong place. Michelangelo was famous for his Sistine Chapel creation of Adam, wonderful painting, he hated painting by the way. He wanted to be a sculptor all his life. Loved sculpting. One day they brought him a slab, of one of the best marble. He looked at it and he said, wow, this is great, this is beautiful. And they looked at him like, it's a slab of marble. And my friend said, can't you see the angel coming out of that marble, or David coming out of that marble? He had the concept right here, and right here in his head, in his heart, he was already in love with, with what he was going to create. And then slowly chiseled him out. And we've got the marvels of Michelangelo's creation even to this day. That's God and that's you. Do you see what I have in mind? Creation is going to come into place, a masterpiece, even greater than that in my
1: That masterpiece is
0: in God's mind. And it's in God's heart. And God is already in love with you. He can't wait to see you grow. And he begins to chisel you out. And he begins to build you up. First in your mother's womb. Then when you finally came out and you don't know what the world is all about. But God says, there's my son. There's my beloved son. And he starts to build you up slowly. And he starts to be with you. Then he starts to give you little hints here and there. Then he starts to give you little signs here and there. And God willing, if you have good parents or if you are good parents, then you start bringing you eye in the middle of this and you begin to see the origin of all of this. And you begin to see how God has been working and alive. And now he's chiseling me into who I am. And physically speaking, I'm not, you know, I, I remember, God rest his soul, the bishop of San Diego, the former bishop of San Diego, not Kelly in Latin, right? God rest his soul, Bishop Robert Brom. And he said, you know, the average height of man was 5'9". He says, I'm 5'8 a half. You know who else was 5'8 and a half at the time? I'm not even average height. Own it. That's who I am. It's not who I need to be. It's not who I want to be. And he said, and I remember that homily vividly. And that homily was talking about how I am a precious child of God, regardless of what the standards outside want to say of who I am. Look, I wanted to be six foot tall and full of muscles. Muscles are still up to me. Now I think I've shrunk to like five foot seven. God's laughing at me. I'm not laughing yet, but. So, Jesus says, I came from you, Father. And then he says something very important. He says, I'm praying for them. And not just them, but all those who have heard their words. That's you. Imagine I'm this. We're here to pray to glorify Jesus and to receive Jesus. And imagine this. Jesus is on his knees to the Father praying for. And that, by the way, just as an FYI, the Feast of the Ascension, Jesus goes up to heaven, and, you know, it's very, Galatians talks about this, as well as other places, actually, it's Hebrews, where he talks about God reveals his wounds, and God, Jesus is revealing to the Father, and he's coming up and he's saying, "I, I want to be there for them. So Jesus now is in heaven praying for you, and that's weird, because I'm praying to Jesus. But Jesus is so much in love with you that he's there praying for you. I'm not only praying for them the 12 or the 11 at the time, but I'm praying also for all those who will hear their words. That's you. And that's me. And you know what? That's humbling. That's how much God loves me and that's how much God is looking out for me. They may have joy, my joy fulfilled in themselves because the world has hated them. Boy, does the world hate us. Who cares? We can all go into reactionary mode. If God loves me, I don't want to say that the world go to purgatory. But if the world is going to go to hell, I'm going to do something about it. And it has to begin with God's love in me. I can't go out there like Arnold Schwarzenegger, going with a big machine gun where actually Sylvester Stallone at the end of Rambo and just shoot up at him do not work that way. That's not manly. That's not what God, child of God, is called to do. What we're called to do is, number one, fix ourselves into the truth. And Jesus says this so many times. Your word is truth. We build on truth. And the truth is Jesus. And we grow from there. And we build from there. So in thanksgiving for the Father for giving us so many sons. and thanksgiving for you and your faith in Jesus. We give praise and we give glory to the Father and to the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. For this we proclaim, "Blessed be the name of Jesus." Both Amen. Amen. Amen.